you can't see. You wearing your overalls right now? <laughs> I wear my overalls. Woo! Your podcasting overalls, they call them. <laughs> if you look at the catalog, they're like, these are ideal for wading into bogs and yeah. also sitting in a chair and talking into a microphone. Yep, yep, yep. We're going to crab boat, farming. You want me to come in for a uh, career day, honey? <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? You like that photo? There is something really off-putting about, or like at least weird or sort of uh, <laughs> surreal about yeah. clothes that are like, you know, work clothes. Like they're supposed to be rugged and for the outdoors and they protect you from the elements and they're tough and they're not going to get holes in them. And they're not made to to look nice. They're made, <laughs> made to be utilitarian. Yeah. And having them be shiny, sparkling new, like from the factory brand new i've worn them once this is the second time i've worn them right and like and everything about <laughs> Especially that when the wearer the... has two different smart watches on at the time and, and you've got Apple the pencil. Uh, <laughs> you've yes uh in your daughter's bedroom and you've got the uh <laughs> i didn't, didn't notice the two apple watches you've got the shine shoes which is a whole separate thing yeah and what is that style of hat called well this is it's a brand new one it's a carhartt cap but it's a brand new one so it still has that um kind of barbell quality Call it the uh, baby bottle nipple hat. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, it's a baby bottle nipple hat. That's what it is. Yeah, it's really quite a look. It's quite a look. I wore them just for you. Um, I gotta, I gotta dish this Fitbit. This thing's garbage. Um, it's interesting that the straps are not the same color as the rest of the thing. I thought they'd you be can tell. Matched. God, how do you? <sighs> no, like they, they look. Look at the picture. They look like they're almost black, right? Uh, on the uh, right, as we look at it, wrist. No, 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 not the watches, the overalls. Oh, sorry. What's the question? Oh, the, the oh, strap. Okay, the overall straps. Yes, those are a stretchy material. And uh, and then it's a hardy brown duck uh, material for the, yeah. And they're big. And they're, they're cuffed. Little... <laughs> are you supposed to cuff them, or is it just because you're a man of uh, <laughs> diminished stature? Because <laughs> I'm a big boy, and I get, I get clothes that are, that are a little large on me. It's like Nothing. big and tall, but without the tall. Okay, but here's the thing. And I'm going to tell you what I told Max. I don't want to notice my waist. Yeah, no, I heard. I heard on the okay. episode. And so, and so the idea here was, uh, like, what would be, what could be worse than small overalls? You know what I'm saying? I thought these like could fitted, be... Like fitted overalls? Like a tailored, like a tailored look with darts. Like I don't a, want were that. They, were they slimming overalls? They call I, want, them. I want capacious overalls. And these are, these are very roomy. They're not surpassingly comfortable. If I did have to work for a living, these would be great. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give him a, give him a try. Yeah, you look like, I was trying to, you look like you're ready to go on a crab boat. You look yeah. like you are ready to be like in the, in the pipes that make our cities run right down there in the pipes. Oh yeah. In the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be under a really bright, uh, sodium light, uh, at midnight on a highway. <laughs> I could be staring in a bathroom window with a butcher knife. You may find yourself in a shotgun shack. I mean, yeah. I don't know. How did I, where how did you I get go here? anywhere. Carhartt, Carhartt, you can go anywhere in these. Carhartt, you may find yourself in a shotgun shack. I don't know if they can get away with that one. (laughs) No one's going to stop you. Sir, are you supposed to be here? (laughs) (laughs) I do look like I live in the woods. The hat, I I don't... I yeah. don't understand the hat. I don't. Know. I mean, well, I guess that's a, I, because I don't know about Carhartt. Is that a signature hat that they make? Well, I some people do a bigger cuff, 
It's just that it's brand new. It's still the thing. Sometimes, like, as you know, I sleep in a hat sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. right, sleep I haven't gotten to it. It's, it's on, on the list. list. We'll get to it eventually. It um, They get stretched out, and i got to get new ones. And so this is uh, one I've only worn for a, a couple, three times. So now we spent five minutes talking about your outfit. The, the the question is, will the photo that we are both looking at be in the show notes? Absolutely not. Okay. You got to keep the magic, man. People, these, right. these millenniums put too much stuff on the internet. I don't want, you know, uh, pictures for a thousand words and we're at like 300. So we'll we're getting we, we got to go a lot further. You can see Eleanor's stickers. Uh, yeah. Let's see. What else do you notice about me? I'm wearing a Hawkeye shirt. Yeah. So I started shining my shoes and it's changed everything. Yeah. Hmm. Doc, what, is, Doc what, is it, what, boots. what has it changed? I heard about the Doc Martens and the UK sizing. This is a, this is a struggle I didn't know about as well. Oh, the struggle's real. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I have a, a style of shoe. It's like, um, it's kind of similar to those Australian boots people wear, what, like a well, Wellstones or whatever they're called. Blundstones, Blundstones. You're asking me. No, I'm asking you. Blundstones, I want to say. Yeah, but they've got like a stretchy fabric on the sides and, uh, and they're, they're pretty cool. Now, the black ones look really sharp. I look like a cop in those. Hmm. But no, this is not a flattering look. And the other thing that didn't occur to me until I got to the office uh, and emptied my jug was realizing how hard it's going to be to use the jug in these. Hmm. Yeah, that's a problem. Now, now you know how the ladies feel. They, they wear a nice outfit. It looks good. They got to take a pee. They have to practically get naked. Yeah, pound sign, time's up. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's got a very long fly on it, but I have, well, we don't need to go into a lot of detail, but mm-hmm. I've never been a huge fan of fishing around. No, no. I'd rather just drop them. You undo the belt. You drop them. And you, and you just go all the way down. You do your business. You go back up. I've never been a fan of fishing. And I wear 501s, so I'm not occasioned to, uh, you know, fly down. Those it's, like, it's, a, it's a nice long fly. fly on those? Huh? The 501s have buttons on the fly? Yes. Yes. 501s have, like, uh, some buttons. Yeah. That's terrible. So, anyway, the jug is here. The jug is empty for now. Um, I may have to just uh, slip off them straps and mm. do my business. Yeah. I, I, the Apple Pencil is just for you. Just for you. I didn't notice that either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, man. How you doing? You good? Yeah. Yeah. Busy. Yeah. Uh, busy time. Yeah. Hey, uh, happy anniversary on your show. That was, that was a good episode. Oh, thank you. Congratulations. You, yeah, it was fun. I went back and listened, re-listened to the end of Windows of Syracuse County, and that was indeed a very good episode. We're, we're talking about a 300 episode of ATP, my, yes. uh, one of my other podcasts. Uh, we are, in fact, on this podcast approaching 100. I mean, not, not imminently, but soonish, right? What is that? Centennial. What's, what is the 100th anniversary gift? Uh, two Apple Watches, I guess. This Fitbit is garbage. It takes six, five or six interactions to start a workout. And I don't need it because now the sleep tracking on the Apple Watch is fine. The apps that I'm using for that are fine. The main reason I got this was sleep tracking and easy, uh, easy workout startings. But I mean, the, you're, you're kicking butt in the sleep thing. Although we have a topic related to that later, right? You was yeah. it last that I heard you said eight point seven hours you got a night. That's good. Yeah, when I'm lucky. When I'm lucky, you know what? It's I've got tricks. I'd be happy to share my tricks. But yeah, I, I try real hard to get sleep. No, I, I don't need been... any tricks. I just need not to have to wake up in the morning. <laughs> I need. I need no. Yeah. My trick is be unemployed, and I haven't quite managed that yet. Well, I'm, I'm there. Well, so what's the earliest <laughs> unemployed could... is where I'm a Viking? <laughs> <laughs> it's got so many different meanings. Um, what's the earliest that you? I don't want to jump ahead here, but what's the mm-hmm. earliest that you could go to bed most nights? Uh, I can do a little bit after 10 if okay. I'm lucky. And then what's the latest you could normally 
get up most days? 6.15. 6.15. So you could get seven hours. Yeah, no, I, 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 can, I can squeeze in seven or eight most times, but like it's, it's tight. It really depends. But anyway, being able to sleep is not my problem. Being allowed to sleep is my problem. Ugh. It's always something to do. So many yeah. projects. Yeah. <sighs> um, what was I going to say about that sleep watch? Oh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> She's going to find out I say these things sometime. Project, a new rug arrived today that has been ordered. We had to install a rug this afternoon. Yeah, a, a, a rug arrived, and this rug has been ordered. Is there is there an actor anywhere in, in this yeah. equation? Yeah, I'm not in that scene. But yeah, there was an actor. No, no, it was agreed to. It was part of a, uh, it was kind of an omnibus uh, birthday gift. And uh, so... <laughs> birthday, it, birthday gift for the house? It's like ordering a yeah, thing like, for, the, for table. the table. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, long story short. Um, so I, I, okay, first of all, here's the thing. She's, uh, today's her telecommute day. And she goes, um, can you come home right now? I, I get that text. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you feel when you get a text that says, um, can you come home right now? Yeah, she's been taking texting lessons from someone we both know. <laughs> she sent me a picture of our daughter. Um, my heart was in my throat. I jumped on my Segway, and I was already up and around. Wait, wait, wait. You don't ask for confirmation? You don't say about what? You just immediately, you're off? When I get the text, um, can you come home right now? I feel like the I'm um out the door. It, it gives you the out to uh, to ask. Because if the house was actually on fire, there'd be no home. Oh, no. I thought it was worse. I thought we'd been broken into. I thought, I thought they'd been ransacked and people had pooped in the house or something. But uh, <laughs> I got there and a rug has been delivered. And so I just, the photo hadn't sent yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So anyway, the, the cool part was Fitbit detected that I was having a heavy, a quote unquote, sports workout for mm-hmm. 20 minutes, was mm-hmm. uh, taking down the old rug, bringing up the new one. It's a nice rug. It's a much better rug. It's got a better pad. Uh, it's a nice rug. It looks really good. It but, ties the room together? I don't want to say that. It's a little big. But it's, no, it's a nice rug. I'm glad it's we got the rug you're standing on in this picture, right? Uh, no, no. No, that's in my daughter's room. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, I don't have a full-length mirror because I don't want a full-length mirror. Uh, <laughs> do you really want, you know, I don't need a lot of mirrors. I, I got the basic idea. I'll check in every yeah. couple months, but yeah, I just, don't. You just walk by the hallway mirror and you're like, hmm, Michael Palin, and then you just keep going. Okay, well, it's relevant. Can I tell you there's exactly one mirror that I want? This is... Shaving mirror? Huh? Shaving mirror? Shaving mirror. Mm. Shaving mirror is a mirror that I get that is fog resistant, Mm -hmm. and I use it for shaving. And it's on a hook in the shower, and I use it for shaving. But Mm -hmm. other people use it for playing. I don't know. (laughs) My my, my daughter might be doing bumps off it. She might be doing Mm -hmm. just rails of uh, premium Colombian off it. But I don't know. It's all scritchy scratchy. I have to, all I care about, the only mirror I care about in the whole world is this tiny little cheapy plastic mirror that I use for shaving. I don't even get that. Yeah, I've got the OXO one stuck to my shower wall. Is it pretty Uh, good? It it mostly gets left alone, but I like all these things. They deteriorate over time. Yeah. But I mean, you know, take, I'll, you, you take these five mirrors, give me this one like six inch mirror with a hole in it. And that's really all that I ask. It seems so, it seems so simple, but, um, no, 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 no. The hat does look silly. I should probably use a mirror more. That does not look good. It's no, no it really doesn't. It makes huh. you taller though. <laughs> and you really are, do look a lot like Michael Palin. I need to get to some side by side. I used here. to, I used to look like Michael Palin. I think you are still you saying I look like current Michael Palin. Well, I don't know. Which Michael Palin do you look like? I don't know. I mean, we're a few years apart. Like 1968 Michael Palin? No. I think he's easily the best looking Python today. 
Uh, low bar, but sure. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? That guy's got great bones. Yeah, no. Very, very similar. Um, Coming from similar stock. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, so there's that. Let's see. What do we got here? We got, oh, yeah, EFF sticker, Canary sticker. So I got my jug. I got my overalls. We have, we, we could, I said this to you on our super secret private text channel. We could have a whole odds and sods episode here. We don't, we could do homecoming another time. We've got a whole odds me? and sods. What? Uh, odds and sods? We could do a whole odds and sods. We could do a whole, we've got so many good little topics. All right. Well, let's, you know, it's tapas time. Tapas topics. So what you call I small plates. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I'll talk about whatever you want. I listened to your U2 song. Um, did you now? Yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I was going to preface that, uh, by asking you, Hey, uh, do you still listen when a new U2 album comes out? Do you have any awareness of it? And do you like dip into it and say, Oh, well, let's see what they're up to. Or do you just, are they just out of your life a hundred percent at this point? I mean, I don't want to put it that strongly, but the last U2 record I heard a lot of was one of those weird ones in the early nineties. Like that's that doesn't that doesn't narrow it down, unfortunately. Well, there's the weird one, and then the other weird one that people didn't like as much. The one you like, what's it, Zoot- Zootopia? Is that the one we like? Zoopa Zoo. is is the first weird one. Okay, Hop is like the second weird one. Is it the one with lemon? Uh, uh Zoopa has lemon. Oh, okay. Maybe I don't know. Gosh, that's a long time ago. Yes. Oh, they've done, they've done records since then. Yeah, many, many. Okay. So that's what I was asking. I was going to ask that, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to sort of poison the well. Yeah. I, I just wanted to say, look, here's the thing. Uh, you know, cause it's, well, let's, we're, we should, we should explain this what, this, what we're talking about. Yeah. Right. So back, so in a previous episode, you had mentioned churches with a V and I immediately said, Oh, I, I love them. Uh, and I just got into them because I raided Jason Snell's library and he was into them and we're, and his taste is similar to mine because we're children of the eighties and church sounds a lot like the eighties, but only, you know, through a cool modern lens. And, mm-hmm. uh, I was into them and you mentioned them and then you went off and checked them out as well. And then I was emboldened by uh, the fact that you seem to like churches. Loved said, it. Loved it. Yeah, then I said, uh, hey, maybe check out this U2 track because it had been coming up in the uh, random play, as I call it, although everyone else calls it shuffle, mm-hmm. in my car a couple of times. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? Like, I listen, I listen to every new U2 thing that comes out. They're like my favorite band of all time, even though, you know, they're, you know, they're in their sunset this is years the, now. Is this the, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to make a joke out of it. Is this the infamous album? No, it's okay. the one after that. Okay. Um, right. And I honestly, for their, all their modern albums, at one point I could have uh, named every U2 album and every track list in order and every single one plus all the singles, right? But at this mm-hmm. point, I can't even remember the, the correct order and names of the last few albums. So I'm kind of out of the, the loop either. But but either way, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, was, I was, you know, so I, I heard this album when it came out. I buy all the fancy, you know, deluxe versions of everything. And I like them and they go into rotation and they're fine. But sometimes, especially for the more recent albums, like, well, you know, this is not their best work probably. And there's some cool stuff about it, but I just, you know, I listen to it and it's okay. And then I move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. But it started coming up again. And I'm like, you know what? I should, I shouldn't have dismissed this newer U2 as much as I did because there's some good stuff in there. And I, I uh, presented it to you as uh, dad rock because mm-hmm. they're, they're older gentlemen and they're dads. <laughs> and I'm a dad. Yeah, I'm not quite as as quite as old, and I'm not against dad. Are... I'm not against dad anything. I'm not against. I, I I'm I'm against the backlash against dad everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Who will speak for the dads anyway? Mm-hmm. Um, every podcast, literally. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's it's like a 
slightly calmer, uh, might say more intellectual, more musically intellectual, if not lyrically intellectual uh, songs. And some of them have an interesting charm. So I'm going to throw that one your way, too, which is... You recommended the track Love... Sorry, no, you recommend the track... Oh, God, these all are the similar... These all scan similarly. You recommended... Oh, God, these all sound the same. Wait, I can do this. You recommended... I believe you. Okay, because here's what I'm reading. So I think I'm on the wrong album. Because love is all we have left. You're the best thing about me. Get out of your own way. The little things that give you away. Love is bigger than anything in its way. They all kind of sound the same. You're right. They're they're not great with the titles recently. The little things that give you away is the one you recommended. That's right. They didn't write it. Look at that. No, produce it. Oh, sorry. They did write it. They didn't produce it. Okay. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was like, it sounded like good U2. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's more of the uh, more of a modern U two where they they feel no need to uh, impress anybody with the music. There's kind of a slow build. It's gentle. Mm-hmm. It's unmistakably U two. Like you hear the guitar, you're like, yes. I know who's playing that, right? But it mm-hmm. is. But it is not. It is not a rockin' song. It's one of their slower songs, and like, like I said, more more musically intellectual. And it's and lyrically, it's it speaks to. Uh, I feel like it's speaking from their current position, not trying to recapture like here's a song that an angry twenty year old would write. This is right. not that at all because they wrote those songs already, right? Um, so I just I just thought it was interesting. But anyway, uh, circling back to churches, which I think is a much more uh, rich vein. So you just sort of like wandered around. Like I sent you a couple. I sent you like my four or five favorite tracks that you found. Yeah, you did. I was like. at, I was at school waiting for pickup at the time, so I couldn't do much at the moment. But no, I, this is just another vote for Spotify, man. So good at this. I mean, it's kind of cheesy and it's kind of a dad thing to do. But what I'll do frequently is when somebody suggests a band like you did is I'll go, go to their page and just look at their like whatever their top five on there and listen to the first 10 seconds of each one of them. But uh, the first one that came up is like it's just uh, the uh, the mother, the mother we share is such a good song. And then what are some of the other ones I like? There's I don't know all the names of them. But especially that first album, I've been kind of jumping around, and the ones I like tend to be, I think, on the first album. Uh, I don't know why, but that's what grabbed me so far. But they're very good, and it's like you described. You know, I'm starting to think that, like, in order for me to really get into something, it either has to be, like, some weirdo outsider thing that nobody else knows about, which, of course, hooks me, because I'm an indie rock guy, but also things where I had the wrong notion about what the nature of the thing was, is often something I get really into because it just totally disrupts my expectation. I mean, I don't know if they're an extraordinary band, but they're super interesting. The songs are very good. And I was trying to tell my wife tonight why I'm enjoying them so much. I was remarking that their singer is the same height as my daughter, which is always kind of a, our daughter is the bar now for everybody's height. And I'm like, yeah, you know, hmm. she's is, is she, is she taller than your wife yet? No, she's wearing her shoes though. Um, the, uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, oh, it started, here's how it starts. This is when you're a dad and when you're 50, almost 52, you go like, oh, wait a minute, Justin Long. Who is Justin Long dating? Who's, who's Justin Long dating? Cause Madeline knows these things. She's, I don't know. He's, she's, he's dated lots of people. She knows that much. I said, oh, you know who it is. He's dating that gal from the church's band, churches with a V. And I said, that band is very good because she has a beautiful, clear, like kind of clarion voice alongside these, um, not to say menacing, but kind of like early Depeche Mode. There was a certain sound to the synths in early Depeche Mode that immediately evokes synth pop. I thought it was going to be like super annoying, dumb EDM, which I've had plenty enough of for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's synth pop, which is a totally different thing. I, th- I think they're I think they're delightful, and I think their songs are very good without yelling, "I'm a good song." 
Yeah, like, like I said, the main slam I had against them is this very samey across many albums. Like, yeah, but then you invoke over. one of my favorite bands to say that. What what band did I say? You said like New Order, and you said that like that. Like, well, no, I, I think I said like uh, New Order. New Order is also it was my example of a band that whose songs are clearly New Order songs, but that I love. I love New Order. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. Wow. But, like, okay. Not, not not that you know that's a high bar to be able to say this song is instantly recognizable as New Order, and yet I don't feel that there is a sameness mm-hmm. that much of an oppressive sameness. Whereas with Churches, I feel like the sameness across albums and across years. Like, I would expect a little bit more variation. Um, but anyway, like, I, I rated their catalog. I went through, like, I think every single one of their albums on Apple Music. And then me being the old man bought the tracks that I liked. <laughs> and so right. I ended up buying, like, six or ten of them or whatever. And out of those, I have a clear favorite top four. Uh, and I hear them all the time. And I'll probably make another pass through the catalog. Because, you know, when you make the first pass, it's like, oh, you get the easy songs. The songs that have easy hooks or whatever. But you oh, don't yeah. get the growers. So I got to got to keep rotating back through their collection but yeah this is this music is like like a missile aimed directly at me because this is the kind of music i like even though it's made by a modern band it's clear that there a lot of their influences are the same things that i listen to you know like you you mentioned new order depeche mode like i listened to all those things at the time when Mm -hmm. they were right and then here's a modern band with modern tools and sensibilities sort of remixing and channeling those influences and surely others that i don't even know through the lens of, the, you know, it's like uh, Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino and Kill Bill, you know, rechanneling all the kung fu movies I watched as a kid. But mm-hmm. what comes out is, is different, but uh, w- WPIX. You know, familiar enough. Yeah. WPIX New York. I saw you on Slack. Um, yes. This also came up. Yes, I totally agree with you. This, I'm also thinking of something that came up in the... Uh, <laughs> no, this is really self-referential. This all started with the Dubai Friday Challenge to make a make some Spotify playlists. And I was realizing it became a joke because there's all these, or like a kind of a laugh to find all of these songs that I would call emo songs from 2016, 17, 18 that really sound like emo songs from the late 90s and early 2000s. And I was speculating to Max and Alex that there are certain genres of music where it's not unfashionable to keep making a certain kind of music that uh, some audience will like. Off the top of my head, I know this is true in the 90s. In the 90s, it seemed weird that there were still surf bands that there were still like rockabilly bands, um, that there were certainly like, you know, 80s throwback, you know, bands. I, I think one good thing about the ecosystem in which we live today is that there's room for people to not have to, I mean, I guess if you're somebody like Taylor Swift, you're expected to reinvent yourself every two years or Lady Gaga especially. But I like the idea of somebody making the kind of music that they want to make, um, this sounds like faint praise, but I don't mean it that way. I mean, to, to make the kind of music they like and that their fans like without feeling like they need to like slap on a Beatles wig. Yeah, I mean, the Beatles, for, in so many things, defined the arc that we expect bands to take. But they, speaking of things like uh, surf, surf music or whatever, like that, that is a genre that you can just keep playing and has, has an audience and will be acceptable forever or whatever as the thing that it is. Uh, I think uh, electric guitar, drum bass lead singer, rock and roll is like that in that many bands start there and then they go off and they do their thing. And at some point they think they're having their Sergeant Pepper, whether they are or not. Uh, but then if they last long enough, they start to wrap back around. And they're like, you know what? Electric guitar, drum bass singer. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah. And they and then they do that. Like, And U2 has gone that cycle multiple times now. Um, and, like back, to, think, back to basics kind of album. Yeah, no, and yeah, like just you hear it and you're like, oh, what I hear in this song is someone's playing guitar, someone's playing bass, and they have a drummer and there's a person singing, right? And, yeah. you know, in between there, you're like, what is this? Like, 
Brian Eno produced this, didn't he? It's, you know, music for airports. I don't even know what, the, like, it's, they go off into this weird direction, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. love, uh, the, the, the interesting, uh, counterexample, I suppose, is Radiohead that went off in that direction and then achieved escape velocity and left Earth orbit and is now <laughs> out in the galaxy, wherever the hell they are. <laughs> They're probably putting out records we can't even hear, you know? That's They're right. Just, exactly. They don't register like, to human ears. No, it's, I mean, and I, I followed them for as long as I could and I, I salute them because I really love Radiohead too, but, uh, but yeah, that I feel like plain old rock and roll is one of those genres that you can make forever. It's just that the bands that do that inevitably find like, you know, we're going to mix it up a little bit and let's do this and, you know, whatever, the, the, the White Stripes guy playing on plastic guitars and doing yeah. all these weird... But but inevitably, like, it comes back and you realize, you know what, man, let's just play rock and roll. Like, maybe, maybe that'll yeah. fade too, we'll see. I can think of... Um, well, first of all, like, the whole idea of, like... I don't know, it's, it's so interesting that there's such a patchy... As a consumer and fan of music, <clears throat> I feel like there's a real patchy history of like the experimental album where there's sometimes like right now, of course, like everybody, I'm steep back in the white album since that's been remastered and re, re actually kind of like reproduced by Giles Martin. <clears throat> and that's, that's such an interesting case because that album should not be successful. A lot of people have made the case. There's actually like a YouTube genre of this. Like if you were going to make the white album into one good one LP album, what would you pick and what would the order of tracks be? Which is a really fun music nerd exercise but i love its sprawl i love and of course i love hearing the demos the escher demos that became the white album in that case you know it seems like i'm glad they tried some weird stuff but that weird stuff came out of the fact that they were really beginning to despise each other's company and so they had to be creative about it and paul had to play more guitar and maybe play the drums on this song there's other times though where it feels like oh it's like having another baby to keep the relationship fresh and people get a little experimental for its own sake and that doesn't always work but now to your point i think of bands like two that come to mind are ted leo and wilco where like you know you hear a ted leo song and you can pretty damn near guess that's a ted leo song he has a, a very distinctive style and ditto with jeff tweedy like i just heard a you know came up in my discover weekly was this new uh, wilco album I think Wilco, Jeff Tweedy. And it's good. I mean, it's really, really good. It's it's just him doing his guitar thing. Not every record has to be uh whatever Yankee Yankee X-ray hotel or whatever. Sometimes he <laughs> wants some just some fun ones. And you see it, it really sounds like him. It sounds great. And I don't know. So I'm, it's you gotta know who you are. You know, you don't want to try the, the Beatles wig thing is such a dumb analogy, but it's true. You look at any photos of, first of all, the Beatles haircuts were very stupid. Let's be honest. Nobody looks good in a Beatles haircut except maybe Paul McCartney. It's a very dumb haircut. But the people who were looking at that from the outside, the first thing that grabbed them about the Beatles was their, was their haircuts. Everybody made fun of their, their dumb long hair. But then it also became a thing where you could buy a Beatles wig and there'd be funny photos of like, oh, an insurance salesman wearing a Beatles wig. And that to me is a really salient analogy for what we're talking about here, which is like once something's like this defining characteristic, you know, whether it's like a nose ring or like some kind of a like an affectation, it becomes something everybody slaps on and like you're still the same. You got the same brain in that bucket. You just got a different wig on. And it doesn't always it doesn't always succeed because you you may not know. Do you know who you are? You know, and are you getting closer to, closer to figuring out who you are becoming with the thing that you're experimenting with? That's what's special is sometimes people, by mixing it up, trying something different, you're able to discover something about yourself as an artist and yourselves as a, as a team, as a band that can be so exciting. Replacements were actually really great at that, at like trying these different things. And then they did get boring. But I agree with you. Rock and roll can still be very exciting. Yeah, I think, I, again, with the Beatles arc, like the, in, in many of the bands that I followed that 
happened to follow a very similar arc in that they were bands of people who knew each other as kids in some fashion who started very young and got their success fairly early and then expanded out from their provincial worldview to see the world and that inevitably influenced their music and they have the albums with their whatever they're influenced by they're influenced by american blues they're influenced by like the indian music right and they're putting sitars on their tracks or like whatever like Mm -hmm. as they become a touring band and see the world they get all these other influences they get into electronic music or whatever and they make these albums that are their music as influenced by these new things that they're discovering. They're influenced by drugs that I hadn't tried before, whatever. Like that is such a typical arc. And honestly, I enjoy that. I enjoy the the journey and the discovering new things. And some of my favorite like, you know, I did a what I do, my, my favorite album on uh one of uh one duration of one of my curly's podcasts. You totally uh, Marco did, if memory serves. Uh, yeah, I picked Octung Baby <laughs> because Joshua Tree is probably still YouTube's best album. But Octung Baby, I, I, I don't remember my justification, but like did it, you, it's yeah, close. Did you actually but, pick one record? Didn't you do something? I, no, I picked Octung Baby. I just made a lot of excuses about why I wasn't picking Joshua Tree. And my favorite U2 album is The Unforgettable Fire. Their best album, probably Love Joshua album. Tree, but on the podcast, I ended up doing Octung Baby. But that, that album wouldn't exist if it wasn't a band that was pushing itself to... Did you say, wait, you said Unforgettable Fire? Yeah, it's my favorite. That's a really, really good album, and it gets lost in the lights because of Joshua Tree, and that's such a but shame. But it's not, it's not as good as many of their other albums. It's, it's, just, it's, it's a sentimental favorite for me. You know. that, one was, that, was at, that was at the height of my adulation for U2. It was my, probably my senior year in high school, and uh, it was, I, was, I loved them so much. It was around the beginning of my senior year, I think. Yeah, Mr. Sherman's class. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was so into it, but it was also, it was very, it was very weird. If, you know, I had listened to a cassette of war over and over so many times to where you like start humming the next song as the first song is finishing, like, you know, the, the order so well, mm-hmm. but like stuff like, uh, dun, 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 you know, the, uh, <laughs> the song is titled, I can never remember. What's that song? Is that a sort of homecoming? that's so good but so weird like why does it have that weird herbie hancock like uh whatever not a dx7 or whatever was sampler sound on it like well brian eno's bringing it in and mixing it up <laughs> you know it's like he's having fun with it um i love that album that's got wait does that have um dunga 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 it's got some great things bad, on it. Right? It's got it's got some flab. It's got it's got pride. It's got bad. Yes. It's got the Psalm song on it, right? Forty. No. That's what's, not what's, war. Is that on war? Yeah. Waited patiently for the Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, right. That's war. Man, they knew how to start an album, though. That's starting off that record with Sunday Bloody Sunday. Woo! And then what's the uh, what's boys start with? I will follow. Uh, I think so. Uh, two, three, four. Yes. That is a great way to begin it. I have not listened to that album in 10 years, probably. But like, oh my God, what a great way to begin an album. Uh, that, that, that's something. Speaking of Spotify, my old man version of Spotify is going through my iTunes library. And like, so the, what I listen to is uh, a single playlist that I random play through. And it's my three plus stars or better playlist. So yeah. basically the way I put something into rotation for myself is that I elevate its rating to at least three stars. And I went, I was messing with my iTunes library, and I ended up going back through some of older U2 albums, and I had a whole bunch of tracks rated two stars or below, a lot of them one stars back when I was just like, the one star means that I want to hear it mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, Not yeah, because yeah. they were bad tracks, but because, honestly, like, U2 being my favorite band of all time, I listened to them, those songs, so much when yeah. I was in, like, junior high and high school, like, so much 
that when I made my iTunes library originally, when iTunes first came out in 2001 or whatever the hell it was, I was like, you know what? I don't need to hear that song again because I've heard it. I've I've done the exact, I've done that on songs from pet sounds because it's like, I've heard this album all the way through so many times or like, you know, um, like it's almost every classic album has one song on it. that's a little bit weird, you know, like there's that song on uh, the zombies odyssey and Oracle, the butcher's bill or the butcher's song or whatever, where it's just like total, it's like from a different album and you end up voting it down just because you don't want it in the shuffle. Mm -hmm. I totally have done that. Yeah, no, I have, I have a lot of things like that too. But anyway, I went back through my YouTube things and oh, and Unforgettable Fire also has some of those tracks like uh, Elvis Presley in America. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, I, I went back through these things. I'm like, you know what? Now it's been a decade and yeah. I haven't heard that song in a long time. I'm mm-hmm. going to elevate it. You know, like I had October rated down. I love October, the song October. October, the, the titular October. song? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I love that song, but that it was, was down in your like the, the, the two stars because I was like, oh, I've heard it too many times. It's a simple song, right? Yeah. That's my third child. I get, mm-hmm. I still get uh, Apple calendar notifications about my uh, uh, October Syracuse's birthday. Oh, oh, oh you're your mystery baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I used to, I'm, try, I'm looking at my iTunes. Gosh, it's so strange how I've been trained or allowed myself to just care so little about my iTunes collection. But I used to, spent so much time thinking about and tweaking and i had one i can't find it now it's not worth looking for i had one that was so tweaked out with like booleans and sub booleans for like if it's this kind of thing it hasn't been played in this long da, 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 da. and i had, I had gotten this list that could genuinely pull up something that i would most definitely like and and most likely like hadn't heard in a while but yeah but it's you're right it's it's worth it to go back in i so rarely go back in what's the last thing i added here did you know that switched on bach is like essentially out of print. The Wendy Carlos album. I don't know what that is. It's like the first synthesizer album. Uh, Walter yeah. Wendy Car- Wendy Walter Carlos did it. Um, that's the most recent thing I added. I got a bootleg of Beatles demos. I just are you one of those people like Todd that thinks iTunes should be broken into pieces? Everybody thinks that. Todd goes on. Todd goes on about this a lot that he would everybody, like music. Everybody thinks that it's true. Do you think that would be a good idea? I mean, like, okay, so let's set aside the business part of this. Would that make you happy? Done well. Would it make you ha- happy to have a separate store and music player? How would you break it down? If you, if you got, uh, if you got the ear of whoever the hell runs that garbage fire. Well, they're, they're kind of doing it already by just training us never to use iTunes for, for any iOS stuff. Mm-hmm. So number one, get all the iOS stuff out of there. That seems stranger every month. It seems so odd. Right. And like, and it's such a bad system. Like if they want to make a system that lets you manually manage music on your iOS device, first of all, iOS devices can just grow up and learn how to access, you know, disks and network shares and your iTunes collection in the cloud. Like, there's no reason. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's stupid, right? And then for all the other stuff like syncing and the backing up, like you can make a simple backup thing or whatever. Just like get everything that's not music out of iTunes. Uh, that said, you can have the store and the player because those are both music things. But that's it. It would just be a music player application. They'd probably call it music, which is a dumb name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then get rid of all the cruft and write a new application. I, I fear that because iTunes, for all its warts, has lots of functionality and things in it. And surely the thing that replaces it will have one eighteenth of the functionality in the music portion of it. It'll still, it'll still be web objects. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it, it's. I, iTunes is, is screwable. You mentioned going through and being careful about all your metadata and how you used to care. When I, I was care in so here, when, I, when I'm in here upgrading some songs that I've heard hundreds of times but had fallen out of rotation because like one time in, in, you know, in the early 2000s, I downrated it. While I'm doing that, I notice some anomalies like 
I had just added like the the new best of booty in the thing, mm-hmm. and uh, what the hell was it? It was like is it mash- uh, that's mashups? Yes, mm-hmm. let me find it. You sent me a terrific um, bunch of MP3s of your favorite uh, mashups. They were great. That was probably yeah, years ago I, now. Yeah, I have some good ones in there. Um, so this is uh, Best of Booty 2017. Oh, now it's cured itself. That's nice. Anyway, when I when I had added the stuff in, uh, there was a, there's also bonus tracks. So it was Best of Booty 2017 space hyphen space bonus tracks. But there were two albums with that name in the list. When I clicked on one album, it showed like seven tracks. And when I clicked on the second album of apparently the same name, it showed one track. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out what was different about the names. I copied and pasted the name to each other. I did multi-select oh, you do and updated we, them. Oh, my God. Yes, we select them all. And like, oh, that is so frustrating. I know exactly what you're talking about. Where you'll get like, there'll be a 12-track. Maybe some of you ever get the thing where you get a 12-track album and two tracks. It's like two non-contiguous tracks are like... It looks like an exact duplicate of that album. One has 10 tracks, one has two, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh my just, God, that's crazy making. But anyway, I, I've since relaunched iTunes and I'm staring at it now. And guess what? The problem is fixed. I can tell you what's wrong. The uh, contact photo was too large. Can't sync. Yeah. Yeah. I, God only knows. Um, yeah, this 2017 ones, I didn't find much stuff that appealed to me. Mostly because like the thing with the best of booty mashups is every year they try to make a mashup that's relevant to the music that came out that year. And me being an old man, not in touch with the music that's coming out in any year. (laughs) My only hope is two things. One, that they mix in a bunch of songs that I know, which they always do, because I think these mashups are made by old people like me or people, people my age, because they always mix in songs that I know mixed with the new songs. And the second, if it's new songs, but the new songs appeal to me, I've discovered a lot of music through mashups. I think I first heard Adele in a mashup and mm-hmm. said, this is really good. What track that, is that's that? Me, and that's then, me and Girl Talk. A Girl Talk, I know I know the one artist, but not the other. You know how they always mix like an old artist mm-hmm. and a new artist? And it's like, oh, I, obviously that's Fleetwood Mac, but I don't know what an ice cream paint shop is. Yeah. So I've discovered a lot of bands uh, uh, through this. Um, I, I, I might have just, no, I didn't discover Lady Gaga through this, but I, I did enjoy a lot of Lady Gaga mashups back when she was uh, big in, in the stuff. I think I discovered a little bit of Taylor Swift through mashups, uh, but this this round, it's mostly bands that I already know, and I kind of know that if I'm not going to be into this particular thing. Um, but yeah, I found one or two tracks that were okay from this year's collection. <laughs> This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Kane 11, the company who makes ridiculously comfortable socks in precisely your size. So here's the deal. The socks you're wearing now are probably a one-size-fits-all, but hey, we don't all have the same size feet, you guys. The folks at Kane 11 thought that since we wear socks every day, they deserve innovation. Kane 11 men's merino wool socks offer a precise fit with the option to choose from 11 different shoe sizes from U.S. size 7 right through size 17. That's a lot of socks. Kane 11 socks are made in the USA, engineered for a precise fit or even better fit, comfort, and performance. High quality and the hold up through wash after wash. These socks are made with merino wool that keeps your feet warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Made with optimal performance fiber that moves moisture away from your feet to keep them dry all the time. You know, they sent me a couple pairs of these, and I love them. Uh, they're, they're when I say thin, I mean thin in a good way. They're not bulky like the socks I usually wear. Of course, they fit precisely, and uh, I think they're real cool. Kane 11. All purchases come with the Kane 11 promise. If for any reason you don't love your socks, just send them back for an exchange or a return with no 
questions asked. And Kane 11 socks make the perfect gift for the guy who has everything. Hey, everybody's got feet. You know what I'm saying? Well, mostly because he definitely doesn't have these. He needs Kane 11 socks. To get your own Kane 11 socks in precisely your size, head over to Kane11.com slash diffs. That's Kane11.com slash diffs. When you go there, enter the promo code diffs. That'll get you 20% off your order. That's D-I-F-F-S, Kane11.com slash diffs, promo code diffs for 20% off your first order. Our thanks to Kane11 for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. So... To review, you do treat iTunes very, you treat your music in iTunes very seriously. It's where your music, I'm sure you have it backed up a million places, but that's where your stuff goes, right? It's like you, you do take it seriously. You don't want it to be like screwed up. Yeah, and pretty much every track is rated. Mm-hmm. And really, it's kind of a booling because it's like if you're three stars or better, you're in. And if you're below three stars, you're out because that's how I listen to the music. But Depend like my really super favorites have four or five stars. Lots of things have three stars and then two and one are not particularly meaningfully distinct from each other. You know what else is great? I, I'm, this is just phonetic from memory, but skip count. I, I, the, uh, intelligent, uh, deployment of skip count can also be great because that's a way of saying like, um, I'm, this is, it's, can you imagine Apple making something like this today that includes, what do you call that? Like a smart playlist. What do you, what do you call something like a smart playlist? What is that? What genre oh, a smart of playlist? Uh, 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 save thing save search, a save so, query. Okay, so a playlist is something where you drag or somehow manipulate a song to be in a static list. A smart playlist enables you to say, based on these factors, if I've done these booleans right, I should come up with some kind of a canny way of of getting a list of you know whatever it is I want to achieve. Like play like like let's say you got to make a playlist. I had to do this before. We're like quickly make a playlist to throw on an iPod to take to school for an event. So I could say like anything that you know that's this kind of stuff. They might be giants, blah 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 blah, and it just spits it out and you know vomits it onto the uh, the iPod. But skip count is great because skip count is one of those like maybe you don't like this as much as you think you do. Like you've had this in heavy rotation, but you could say if I if the skip count on this is higher than five, don't include it. You know what I'm saying? So if it ends up being like a spoken word track or something that you've skipped over a lot before, and assuming the, the metadata is all in there and correct, stuff like that can be brilliant. Like, I, show me songs that I've rated higher than three that I haven't listened to in uh, at least six months, and a skip, you know, et cetera, a skip count smaller than this. It's it's so brilliant, but really complicated. Yeah, I wish I had more faith in both the skip and play counts, because every time I look at the numbers, I'm like, this can't be true. I know I've skipped tracks more than this. Like, I just did it now and sorted it by skip count. Uh, my number one skip item, A, only has 18 skips, which can't be true. Ask anyone in my family. I'm, I'm a serial skipper in the car because I'm on all right. shuffle all the time. So guarantee 18 is not my max. Uh, and, you know, B, like all the numbers are like tightly packed. It's like they're, you know, all between 10 and 20 for pages. And that's just like, seems like we were very good. Anyway. My most skipped track is the alternate version of Why Not Smile, which honestly I should write down because I like the original version. And that's why I keep skipping the alternate version. Number two skip count is the one I always skip in the car because it's got cursing. It's a mashup with cursing. And I uh-huh. Don't <laughs> you got to ride the fader. Yeah, I got to, you know, not that I should care anymore. But. What? This is bizarre. God, I have not looked in this in so long. I don't understand. Why? Oh, because some of these are maybe Madeline listening. My... This is weird. My number one skip count is Park Life by Blur, which I don't listen to that often, but my skip count is 90 on that. 
Okay, here you go. Ripcord by Rilo Kiley. That's probably Madeline. She's a big Rilo Kiley fan. Only Shallow, one of my all-time favorite songs, but it's got a skip count of 35 because sometimes I'm just not in the mood. Yeah, these numbers are all wrong. Play these counts. 80, 81 plays is my top? No way. No way. That's I can, I can almost promise you my top one is going to be Everlong. Let me look. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Because guess what? Uh-huh. Because <laughs> something happened around, let's say, late 2007 that changed everything. My number one play count, 1,228, would be Concerto for Piano and Orchestra number 21 from the Lullaby record. My nemesis, Phineas and Ferb. And then it used to be every night Ellie would go to sleep listening to the Prisoner of Azkaban <laughs> audiobook. So, yeah, that's got 300 plays. Yeah, so you've got these numbers with double... I used to have play counts that high, but now all my play counts have basically been reset by something. Who knows I don't where know. they go? Who knows? Yeah, like, it's not something I keep track of. I think the last time I checked, it was, like, my number one most played band was R.E.M., which I was surprised. Um, but now, like, everything has been reset. Like, 81 plays. I've heard many tracks more than 81 plays. Yeah. So, this is just... These numbers are ridiculous. I'm I'm, I'm hiding these columns again. They're ridiculous. They don't make any sense. Toy Story. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, Strange Things. Not my favorite. It's got 269 plays and 21 skips. So where's where's Foo Fighters in all of this? This is bananas. I, I don't think the stats are reliable. It's like health. It's, it's like health data with Apple, but worse. Like they don't care if they just throw it away. I did used to listen to my Nemesis a lot. Do you know that song, Phineas and Ferb? I'm sure I do. I'm sure I know all the songs from Phineas and Ferb, but I'm mostly blocking them out. It's uh, I, I know Nemesis by Jonathan Colton and John Roderick. I know that one a little bit better. That's a yeah, Nemesis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sue. So, um. Yeah, what else we got here? Gypsy Kings? Oh, yeah, of course, from Toy Story. Uh-huh, Grim Death, Grim Defeat. Uh-huh, Marauder's Map. Oh, boy, there's a lot of J.K. Rowling in here. I'm telling <laughs> you, man, those those uh, those Jim Dale books are good. They're real good. I forgot we used to play that for every night. You know, at one point we had a dedicated, what's the tiny I, I, iPod uh, that's just iPod a button? Touch. Oh, no, the shuffle? Yeah. I wanted with a clip. Yep, yeah, the shuffle. we used to have one of those dedicated to a, a dryer noise. Yeah, we had a we, we had a uh, I think I said this before on the show. We had a burnt CDR with white noise on it that I made. Ah, that's or, ideal. The, or that maybe my wife made. So we had a CD player and we played the white noise off of the CD. That's how old our children are. I hope I didn't damage her hearing. She really liked that dryer noise. Yeah, you, you do whatever it takes. You get them to go to bed. You've got to go to bed. All right, I'm closing iTunes. Oh, so here's what I was going to ask you. Uh, I don't mean this to be a trick question, uh, unless you want to make it that way. Um, so I don't know. I, I it, it would be really glib for me to say the podcasts have replaced music for me, because it hasn't. But in my spare time, or when I'm just doing stuff, I listen to so many podcasts. I don't listen to music as much as I used to. Spotify has got me excited about music again. Because it's made, partly because I can find most of the stuff that I want, but also because now I am discovering new stuff that's like shockingly good sometimes. How often, the question, how often do you find yourself, for whatever reason, how often do you find yourself going back and listen to an, listening to an album from 25 years ago? How often do you like go back and listen to like an old U2 album? So I don't listen to albums uh, these days. Uh, that that time of my life seems to be over. I listen to individual tracks, and like I said, what I'm always listening to for the most part is my three plus stars smart playlist, and I shuffle through it. And so in that mix are tracks from all the albums, including super old U2 ones. So mm-hmm. 
if it comes up, it comes up. Uh, in terms of podcasts replacing music or podcasts uh, mixing with music, I mean, both of them are, you know, audio in the same context, doing dishes, commuting. Those are the main times that I'm listening to audio, taking the dog for a walk or whatever. Um, and it's mostly podcasts and that, but I have entire days where I'm like, you know what? This ride home is going to be zero podcasts and 100% music, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and when we go on car trips, it's almost always 100% music, mostly because the kids probably wouldn't tolerate our podcasts and some Aww. of them like yours him, are a little Ooh. bit not child appropriate. Um, oh, true. So uh, we so I subject them to my music, which slowly drives them insane. But I feel like I'm I'm in printing. I did, I think I mentioned this before. Like when I gave my kids their iPods for the first time, I seeded it with all the music that I like, like just a, a tiny selection of like some of the the best music that I like that I thought would appeal to them. I didn't <laughs> say anything about it. I never asked them about it. I have no right. idea if it influenced. Probably didn't because I like what they're listening to now, and they're listening to like random uh, random EDM YouTube channels. Because again, YouTube is a source of everything, including music. Uh, so uh, I'm sure I had no effect, but they know a hell of a lot of like, you know, 80s music. They know they know a lot more police songs than their friends. Let's put it that oh, way. <laughs> like I, of- I might have landed Apollo on this one because I thought I I um I went through uh, several colors of emotions because my first thought was, boy, this church is so, uh, uh, band is good. And like so each song I was like, oh, these make me happy. These are good songs. And then I also thought, you know, this is pretty similar to some stuff my daughter really likes. I mean, she likes annoying kid music, like the Perry Grip stuff, or she'll just listen to a song, well, she'll listen to a song from Greatest Showman for like two hours. Um, and not that that's annoying, but, or or never Finding Neverland, or... Or, or Hamilton. Hamilton. She doesn't Big listen on repeat to Hamilton so much. Dear Evan Hansen, she'll listen to um, uh, the Sincerely, Sincerely Me song on repeat, even though it's got some swears. But I thought, you know what? So I thought, first of all, I thought, oh, you know what? I think she would really enjoy this. And then I went, uh-uh-uh. I caught myself and I said, don't do that. Because you know, if you say that to her, she will not even give it a chance. And so I did the thing. I did the thing, which was when she was not in the room, but when she was in the next room, mm-hmm, I started mm-hmm. listening. And at one point, she kind of ambled in, not for the music, just because she likes to hang out. We both look at our iPads together like gentlemen. And at some point, she came in and she went, what's the name of this band? I said, what band? Oh, oh yeah, they're called churches. They're from they're they're from uh, Scotland. She's the same height as you. I went back to what we were doing. So I've laid the groundwork. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it though. I'm not gonna crush the bunny. So I'm I'm that's what I do in the car. Like I'm listening to my music, quote unquote, my music in the car all the time, and they're in the car because I'm picking them up half the time. Right? That's you know these short car trips. You can get through two songs. They have heard a ton of churches, probably a ton of these four or five tracks that I play all the time. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. haven't mentioned it. They haven't asked me anything about it. I'm wondering if they already know these things, but basically they know these songs now. Like they, like that's, that's the same way that I end up knowing like, you know, uh, Neil Diamond and Air Supply because this is what my parents listen to. Yeah. Like whether you want to or not, you're going to, you're going to know these songs. Like why do I know all the lyrics to these Neil Diamond songs? Because my parents played them. That's why I know. So I'm, I'm doing that to them, but they haven't asked about it yet. But you're still going to, still going to play it cool. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't, I don't offer them any music like that. Um, I, and the thing is, when there are songs that, that they know, that I know that they like, like I knew my daughter was into Hamilton, mm-hmm. and, you know, I play the Hamilton things, they get all eye-rolly and upset because they think I'm playing it. Oh, you're just, like, I don't know what they think I'm playing it because it's a song that they like. It's like, yeah, I'm playing it because it's a song that you like, but once I play it, like, for them, it's mm-hmm. no go anymore, so I'm not allowed to play Hamilton in the car. 
Yeah, we get that too. I mean, we definitely get that with Les Mis. We listened to Les Mis before school uh, the other morning, and it was it's perfect. It's perfect getting ready for school music. The only band that like I I um well so like two bands that she likes a lot that we all like a lot are ABBA and Queen. And I think the only way that she likes Queen as much as she does is that given who I am and how what I'm like, which is like I'm like explain explain everything guy. Um, she heard it a lot when we were driving around when she was a kid. She doesn't remember that, of course, because babies lose their memory at five, which is heartbreaking. But uh, no, she'll still like just want to listen to Queen. And like, I don't know how we pulled that off. And I, I, I don't want to crush the bunny, but like she has very good taste and likes Queen. And that makes me really happy. Yeah. Speaking of babies forgetting, I, I'm doing I'm, I know I'm doing this thing. I, I, can't, I can't even think about it, John. It makes me so sad. Where I'll say, like, do you remember this thing? And she's like, no. And I'm like, of course, because you were three and you can't remember it. Yeah, well, this is this is the thing that I'm doing, and I'm explaining to my son what I'm doing while I'm doing it, even though I know I'm doing it. Which is, so I play I play the song that I played. You know, this is a particular song, which is a remix of a video game soundtrack that I used to watch with Alex on my lap, and I would do the iTunes visualization screensaver, and we would both just listen to the song and watch the oh, screensaver, God. and he would just stare at it, wrapped like his little baby eyes, just like he would just watch it, and we'd listen to the song. It was all instrumental song. We must have done this like dozens and dozens. You get like, especially in afternoons. I feel like in afternoons you get like a pattern of like, okay, it's either nap time or it's wind down time or whatever. But like you get this thing you do with a kid. Some kids, for kids, some kids that used to be VHS, but like this is the thing that we do at this time of day. Yep. He's on, he's on his dad's lap and we listen to the video game music and we watch the iTunes visualizer. I would get into it too. It's actually kind of soothing to watch just the mm-hmm, visualizer. It and it was a long song. And so every time that comes up in the car, I like, hey, do you remember the song? No, he doesn't remember, right? Uh, and I say, well, you know, I used to, I used to sit you on my lap when you were a baby, and we would, you'd watch the iTunes visualize and we listen to the song, right? I've told him that story and done that thing so many times <laughs> that now, when prompted, when he's thirty on his hyper hollow podcast, he's going to be like, yeah, uh, I remember when I was a baby, my dad used to put me on. He doesn't remember. All he remembers is me telling him the story about when I used to do that, but he doesn't actually remember. And so I'm telling him. Last time I told him, like, you know, every time I tell you about this, I'm slowly convincing you that you actually remember this, but you don't, you don't remember it because you were just a baby. So oh, never you're incepting say, him. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're implanting so never, memories. Never begin to think that you remember this because you don't. You can't. And by the way, we as a family have never played a Metal Gear Solid 2, which is what this, uh, you know, song is from. He's never played any Metal Gear games. And so it's just, you know, anyway, I, I hope someday that he doesn't come to believe that he remembers when he was an infant and we would listen to the Metal Gear Solid 2 remix track and stare at the iTunes visualizer. Uh, I certainly remember. It's a real thing that happened, but babies, babies don't remember. Ugh, I hate it so much. Stupid babies. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Molecule. You can learn more about Molecule right now by visiting Molecule.com. That's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com. We all know home can be the best place to be. We sure hope so. And since you spend so much time there, you'll want your home to be comfortable, welcoming, and maybe even have a few smart gadgets. If you live in an urban area, chances are the air quality can be pretty bad, and that can affect all kinds of things like allergies and the quality of your sleep. Molecule is the only air purifier that destroys pollutants, and that includes nasty pollutants like bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Molecule has introduced a breakthrough design that's finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. And it has a clean design with a high-quality experience. Molecule's technology has been personally effective and verified by science. Most importantly, it's been tested by real people. 
molecule has already helped allergy and asthma sufferers around the country better cope with their conditions and significantly reduce their symptoms. One customer even said that she was able to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years. If Molecule sounds like it's going to help you out, you can get $75 off your first order when you visit Molecule.com. That's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com. And at checkout, please enter the very special offer code DIFFS. That's D-I-F-F-S, Molecule with a K.com, promo code DIFFS for $75 off your first order. Our thanks to Molecule for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Uh, one, once or twice a year, you didn't have to be so nice by the love and spoonful. Come on. And I'll say, oh, Ellie, I know, I know. You used to hold me when you're trying to get to sleep. And we'd have a mm-hmm. dance party every afternoon mm-hmm. and listen to this song on repeat. I know. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, God. You're crushing your father. You're crushing your father. Do you know how special that was? I remember one day I actually cried. I cried while we were dancing around because I knew at that moment that I would remember this forever. She would never mm-hmm. remember it. It was, it was crushing. I, I wept while I was holding my daughter. My mother tells me a less heartwarming version of that story, which is, uh, she said, you know, when you got, when you kids were little, this is probably my sister, he's, my older sister, she's talking about, but it might have been me too. When you kids were little, uh, every holiday, uh, she was, you know, just a, a baby boomer. So she's trying to be the, the good housewife, even though this is, was not her forte. We'd, uh, we'd make she holiday was more, cookies. She's more generally hippie in her leanings, right? Yes, and she had a job. She was a working woman mm-hmm. in her life. But, anyway, but it also was you had to do everything. You had to also be – anyway, so we'd, we'd make holiday cookies with the kids. And I'd take you kids up, and we'd come up on the counter, and you'd be on a little stool, and we'd make the cookies together. And you'd make a giant mess with the flour. When the sprinkles came out, you'd knock them over, and the sprinkles would go everywhere. And it was the worst thing ever. And, I, and like all I would tell myself is I'm down on my knees on the, on the kitchen floor sweeping up the sprinkles that you knocked over as you get into something else. What I'd say to myself is I'm making memories for my children. I'm making memories for my children. And then I asked you later when you were an older kid hey do you remember how much how we used to make holiday cookies together all the time and we said no we don't remember <laughs> and so that's that's you know it's less heartwarming. i was on my knees for nothing <laughs> right i'm making memories for my children and the children don't remember it uh it's excruciating she didn't so she didn't know at the time unlike you you had the realization at times like oh she's not gonna remember this and these, these are all the parts i remember of her best this is the time i was spending the most time i mean like especially not the most yeah just about the most time it was like you know when she was three before the book debacle but mm-hmm. like uh i uh, I mean, it was contemporaneous, but like when she wouldn't like taking her to, to school, we'd listen. It was important to her to listen to the the first five songs from this Toy Story compilation, these first five songs in order. And we had to listen and, and listen to them in this way. She has no recollection of any of that. Mm-hmm. None. They're monsters. You should, you should call your mom tomorrow and say, thank you for the memories. We've had, she's told us the story about making memories for our children our entire life. So we have been suitably <laughs> chastened by, by our faulty memories and how she wasted all this time on a thing that we don't remember. If I started apologizing to my mom for every irony in my life, I would never be off the phone. <laughs> Sorry, I was such a dick so many times for I'm just so little long. Kid. We can't help that we knock over the sprinkles. We're just little kids. We're what babies. Do you want? We're getting memories made for us. I should, my comeback should have been, so you're making memories for yourself, but they're not good memories for her. They're, they're memories of the struggle to, to, uh, to fulfill traditional gender roles while still having a career. <laughs> that would look cute on a Hallmark ornament. Mm-hmm. Mom on the floor covered with sprinkles and flour. With, uh, with a thought bubble that says, I'm making memories for my children. I'm making memories for my children. <laughs> <laughs> it's a living. Did you... um? I, I put this in follow-up. I don't know if it's follow-up front matter or many topics. Did you end up ever trying that TV time app? I did. I've been, I, I meant to have some follow-up on this. Like, you, you suggested that app. 
tons of other people suggested other apps these are apps that, uh, that will help me keep track of what i'm watching on tv in theory yeah, like, let, let me mine. tell you the tv shows i watch you tell me when it's on and track like which episodes i've watched well, that, the basic that's, the, that's the thing like i until i tried you know it must be at least a dozen literally a dozen of these applications got a lot of response um, yeah uh i didn't realize that what i either what i said in the show or what i thought i wanted isn't really what i wanted um because the feature set of these applications is surprisingly consistent it's like exactly what you said right so you you enter in the shows that you're watching and it uh you have them all in one place and they have like a calendar view and it tells you when there's a new episode coming and most of them you can manually check off which episode you've seen and so on and so forth like but that's that's not what i want from them and having used all these applications i realized that i don't probably need an app probably all i need is like a text file with a list of shows on it and then next to each show the service it's on and that's it because oh, i have a, I have a notes file for that yeah right because i don't want a calendar based view i don't want it to tell you hey a new episode of show x has been released today yeah it's a, it's a little over engineered and then you have to keep it up like you're supposed to go in part of the, the thing that tv time is supposed to do and here i'm going to talk about the old version before they updated it and made it suck but the old version was you would go in and say okay Oh, by the way, I also like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I've seen up through, because they assume you've seen every one of these in order, I guess. Not really. You could It's a radio button for any given episode. You either saw it or you didn't yet. And then it says, like, okay, jump back in. Here's a show you haven't watched in a while. If you want to catch back up with Doctor Who, go to this season, this episode. Right? And it's a, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to keep up. But, all, but the main thing with me is that it it wants to keep telling me about episodes of shows that are have been released. And it's like, but I'm not watching that show now. What all I need, uh, what I realized looking at these apps, all I need is a list of the shows that I'm currently watching mm-hmm. and maybe let me prioritize it. And that is literally a text file. And and then the services it's on, because I forget. Because my, my strategy before doing this, although I still don't have this text file, but my strategy is like, uh, go to Netflix Go to my list and see if there's anything that's there that I I've forgotten that I'm supposed to watch. Go to Hulu. Go to my list. See if there's anything that I'm there I'm supposed to watch or my stuff or whatever. Go to Amazon Prime. Go to my thing. See if there's anything. Like I end up going from app to app to app. Where really what I should be doing is say, what are the five shows that I'm watching right now? There may mm-hmm. be five shows that I'm watching, but there's probably like thirty shows that like I'm waiting for new things to come out on. Like so, Travelers and and all the other Netflix shows. Like this just there's no new episodes for them. But I want to remember that they exist so that when the new episode comes out, I can see it. But mostly I just want to know, what shows am I watching right now? Because I'm old yeah. and I forget. Like, how do you forget that you're watching a show? You might be better off with Google with Google Sheets for this. Right? Not even. It's just a text file. It's like literally five lines of text with mm-hmm. the title of a show and then the service it's on. That's all I need. And then I will shuffle them around as things go. For, for the most part, you know... The services will tell me. There's no way that, like, new episodes of something that's on Netflix are going to come out without Netflix telling me. Like, I won't miss <laughs> that. I won't forget. I don't what know, I want, man. What I want to know is, like, once I've started watching the new season of Orange and the new, is the new Black, shuffle it up on my list and say, uh, okay, I'm going to watch an episode of TV. What am I in the middle of watching? There is actually a new season of Orange is the New Black out that I haven't watched because it's mm-hmm. a pretty low-priority show for me. But I haven't started watching it yet, so it wouldn't be on my list. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, like, it's there when I start watching it. Anyway, yeah. my needs are very different than these apps, and my needs are much simpler. So it's not any fault of these applications, although if TV time is taken a turn downhill, that, that's Did kind of Did you notice, bad. though? When it, I mean, you must have noticed when it changed. I don't watch it anymore. Like, I really just need to do it. Oh, my it God. You see thing. what they've done to it. It's so bad. 
It used to be, I mean, it was, it was really all I, all I wanted. So I, I gave you all of those F's and B's. All I really wanted it for was tell me when the next episode of thus and such show is on. It'll go, it'll say like, okay, so, uh, Sunday night you get, uh, Simpsons, Bob's Burgers, Walking Dead, John Oliver, whatever. And like, if you don't want to show, you take it off there, but it was really cool to go like, oh, what kind of TV's coming up this week? What's not coming up this week? That's all I wanted it for. And they changed it and they made everything more uber graphical and like it's it's gross yeah tivo took me out of the time continuum for the most part but still when i want a new time continuum stuff of like oh uh has a new episode of the show come out i go look at my tivo i mentioned going to all these apps mm-hmm. i also go to my tivo and look even though i could go to like the hbo go app to see the hbo shows but i go to tivo <laughs> and say bad app. oh since since the last time i've looked at tivo there's been one new episode of walking dead and one new episode of you know whatever hbo show i'm watching and yeah, uh, but most of the time I, I just watch the series when they're when they're out in their entirety because I'm disconnected. I don't know what I want out of these apps, but I, I do know what drives me crazy. I, I mean, again, I'm the I'm the user. I'm not the designer. That's somebody else gets paid to do that. But something that's a commonality with HBO, Hulu, HBO Now, Hulu, um, Netflix, all of those is like I feel like we've talked about this a dozen times. The sense of place and like where I click to do a thing. It's so crazy to me how I have to, let's take Hulu, or my whipping boy. With Hulu, I have to visually grok what it has decide, decided to show me as important right now. I know that to get to the thing I want, I need to swipe down just the tiniest bit to get that little narrow ribbon, and then I just gently slide across to get to this thing. But all of my Fitbit that takes five, five interactions to start a workout, it seems so crazy to me. Like, it just take me to the Warriors game. Like, just take me to the good place. So I do end up using Siri a lot. But, like, my daughter's like, why are you always complaining about this? I'm like, honey, you never handled the TiVo remote. The TiVo remote, imagine a remote where you didn't have to look at the screen or the remote to get what you wanted. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's a good trick I finally, I finally figured out. Uh, so Apple TV, I finally realized that if you hit the lower left or lower right corner, uh, I don't get that thing where Hulu keeps popping up other shows I could be watching lower right now. Lower left or lower right corner of what? The, the, the square touchpad. So the touchpad is rectangular and it doesn't have a lower corner because it is a continuous and it goes right into Like there's an upper left corner and an upper right corner, but there is no lower left corner and lower right yeah, corner. Yeah, I take your point. So what you're saying is press really hard on the middle of a little springy diving board, like at the fulcrum of a springy diving board. I didn't state the problem well. The problem is... Clay Thompson just had an insane three-pointer, and I want to reshow it to the family. Oh, God forbid. God forbid on the Apple TV. Oh, yeah. So I'll, I want to just hit, and, and so I guess what I've been doing wrong for years is hitting at the 9 o'clock-ish point of the remote. Instead of hitting at, like, what would that be? Like, around 6, 6.30 or 7. I know it's not technically a corner, but, like, the things I kept hitting left, the left middle to go back and it kept popping up the would you rather be watching this screen which is a, usually a mm-hmm. swipe up from below so ironically enough going down to the lower corner gives me a better chance of getting an actual jump back 10 seconds yeah what you're trying to do is hit the like left on the d-pad imagine there's a d-pad oh, over, yeah, over I'm, trying to get the bloop. The I'm trying to get the like classic t-bone yeah, the, on the, the left edge or the right edge i, I so many times when i'm watching something and i want to do that uh, Apple TV goes crazy. It could be the app. It could be the remote. Who knows what it is? But then all of a sudden, it's just <laughs> what it decides scrubbing. to do instead is different in every app. It just starts scrubbing randomly. And now it's sometimes it's scrubbing forward and ruining the rest of the movie for me. Sometimes it's scrubbing backwards. Well, sometimes, and then you're like, on, ah. sometimes it goes to seek. Like if you do it wrong, yeah. it'll go not just to like jump forward, but and like if you don't catch it, you've now gone forward 30 minutes and don't realize it. 
Right. Or, or like it just starts the, the thing, the, the scrubber starts moving and then you put down the remote like I'm not touching anything. I'm not touching anything. And you watch and it's going backwards by like a minute every second. Right. And it's just yeah. it's just going and flashing on the screen. It's like, what are you even doing? Uh, so a secret to help you with that again, the Siri remote, uh, the, the Apple TV remote is your enemy. And as you found, Siri can be a way to avoid having to use that godforsaken yeah. thing. One thing you can do yeah. if you want to see a cool three pointer again is pick up the stupid remote and hold down the microphone yes. button and say go back what did he say no right. say what did he say yeah. and then it will rewind for seven seconds turn on subtitles and show you the three-pointer again and you don't care about the subtitles in this i case. forgot about you're right i forgot about that particular feature i do we do frequently you know how it is where you learn sorry todd you do learn how long the credits are for your different various shows and so when king of the hill comes on we know exactly how far to jump ahead and you can tell the tv that Tebow still does that so much better with the with the magic green button that just skips Ugh. all the commercials, and with the thirty second skip, we're going one, two, three. That's ninety seconds. I know. I hit and you it can three hack times. it. No you can question. hack it too. That was the amazing thing. Was like there was stuff you could do to hack your uh, Tebow or their codes, if memory serves, like codes you could put in to like change the way those worked. It was so great. Yeah, and eventually they just made it like work the the code way by default. I think. My my TV watching situation, I'm still still struggling a little bit because I haven't made that stupid text file that I kept describing. That's my main problem. And I think the, the reason I got into all this is we were talking about Letterboxd, uh, where I I still use that that website. I wish that kind of worked for TV. Maybe it's easier for movies. Cause well, I'm looking of, at the you know. webpage for Tracked, which I'm sure you're familiar with, which does work with mm-hmm. um, Plex, I believe. It's a, it's a scrobbler. I think it basically watches what you're doing. and <laughs> oh, scrobbling. No, no. The kids, the kids don't know about well, like, What was the other one that everybody used? Uh, Last FM, stuff like that. Yeah. So, But the idea is that I think Tracked, this, this would be good for somebody like Max, who's insistent on being a one-app person. Um, but Tracked could do this for you too, but I, it will do parts of what you want, which I apparently yeah. signed up for in 2012 and used exactly once. Yeah, I need to, I need to delete all these apps off my thing. But, you know, Letterboxd, I still use it to maintain my list of movies I want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time someone mentions a movie, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to see that in a theater, but so I don't forget that movie exists, let me add it to my Letterboxd watch list. Yep. And then every once in a while when I say, I'd like to watch a movie tonight, instead of going to Netflix and browsing, I go to my Letterboxd queue and say, which one of these movies on this list is actually out in a form that I can view it? Uh, I, I keep checking. This is sometimes it annoys me. Like in this modern era, sometimes I'm surprised. Like, oh, that's a movie in the theaters. I'd like to see that, but probably not in the theaters. So I'll wait till it comes on video. And then what will seem like a week later, it'll be like, oh, that that movie's on video already. I'll go watch it. Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The opposite of that is, for example, Mission Impossible: colon, Fallout, which I'm like, I'm not going to see it in the theater. Colon Impossible. Yeah. Colon dash hyphen Fallout. Fallout. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm not going to see it in the theater. I'm not that into those movies. Oh, that's a, it's that's good. A, that's it's a good, so good. It's so good. That's a good thing to watch on, on video. Yeah. Like, it's, it's you know, you're bored one night, you want to, right? And so I keep checking, when is the thing coming out? When is it coming out? When is the thing coming out? I think it's still not out, right? To this day, I should check again. I've been doing that for the Coen Brothers Netflix movie. Like, I, I, I what am I going to do? Put that on my calendar? Because if it comes on Netflix, i got like 12 hours before they decide to put up some jokey food show that's like the highlighted thing. Yeah, I'm going to look right now. Is Mission Impossible Fallout available for purchases? I'm at the point where I'm like, forget about rental on iTunes. I'm going to purchase it. Like, because they always it's do the, the purchase truck, but I don't before. think it's for sale yet. No, I'm not going to do some, you know, no. handheld camera in a theater garbage. Well, um, it's, uh, I think it comes out probably Tuesday, but I don't know. Let's find out. There's good copies of what? Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. What do you go to? The, like, Blu-ray? Oh no, I'm not gonna I'm just I'm looking on iTunes. Oh, oh, oh. Mission, oh, oh. Mission Impossible Fall. Of course the music album is December always available. December fourth? 
Yeah, look at this. 1999 <laughs> pre-order. Still pre-order. When is this movie going to come out in video? It was That's in theaters mental. like in the summer or I something. Know. It's it's insane. It's it's pre-order. <laughs> pre-order my butt. So that that annoys me. But anyway, like the point is Letterboxd lets me do this and Letterboxd has a social component. I follow a small number of people and I watch whenever I go there it's like here's what your friends are watching. And I discover movies there. I'm like, my friends watching this weird movie. Let me add it to my thing. Uh, and it, now it's on my watch list. And my watch list is not that long. And every time I watch a movie, because it's not that often, I go into Letterboxd uh-huh. and I rate the movie. And when I rate it, it disappears from my watch list. I highly recommend Letterboxd service for people who like movies. I'm seeing November 20th on... This is so confusing. Uh, on Prime. You can buy it. Uh... And people tell me Fallout's not even as good as Rogue Nation. Oh, well, mm, we'll see which one's Rogue Nation. The one right before we was on the outside of the plane. The plane one, it's not the building one. Uh, no, that's uh, the Brad Bird one. That was good. They're all good. Oh. Oh, I think Fallout's, Fallout's, I mean, you gotta be, you gotta suspend Fallout, some disbelief, but it's fun. Fallout's got Superman in it. Sure does. He grows a beard when he's running across the bathroom. Mm-hmm. His mustache appears and disappears. Mm-hmm. He's English. It's not is shocking. He, is he a secret Brit? I think he's another God one. Damn. He's another, no, they've infiltrated us. It's crazy. I didn't know that at all. Rob Stark. Rob me. Stark's totally Scottish. He's uh he's on that uh yeah, that no, uh, what's it called house guest room boy um bodyguard <laughs> <laughs> room boy <laughs> the vacuum know. that cleans your house room boy room boy. Lannister always cleans my carpets. Room boy is a free elf. Let's knock down some mini topics. Boom. What's the difference between front matter and mini topics? Do we need to collapse these? Is there a difference? You're the one who added front matter, so you tell me. I don't know. If you think there's no difference, ditch the front matter. Well, the thing is, I also just worry that, like, I feel like mini topics is like where all of our good stuff is. No, they're just mini. They're mini, but they sometimes are, they sometimes they expand to be maxi, but they're potentially like this one, mini. I guess I originally thought of front matter as a contrast of follow up. Mm, I know. At this point, I don't know. I, I mean, is there a difference between mini topics and there is? See, topics are things we never get to, and then mini topics are the things we actually want topics, to talk about. Topics are big. Topics are heavyweight. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. So if maybe you we should are okay just... with getting rid of front matter, I think you should do that. Anything you would previously put in front matter, put in mini topics. Okay, I'll do it now. You saw what's the difference between front matter and mini topics? I put in both. I, I got you. I'm with you. Okay. I'm All on, right. On, following along. I'm coughing a lot. <laughs> the air quality here is very bad. Yeah. I was skeptical. I saw everybody walking around with the masks, and I was like, Pfft. I made that noise. <laughs> <laughs> Toughen up, lung people, breathers, <laughs> air breathers. Good job, paper face. Nice breathing, soy boy. You're really owning the libs with those particulates in the air. Yes. <laughs> breathing breathing large micrograms to own mm-hmm. the libs. <clears throat> All right, so I've now deleted <laughs> Igniting that. Igniting the atmosphere to, to own the libs. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it's come down to. Um, let's see. Uh, would uh, it would Amazon one mini be a- topic this semester? See how many that was. John's fad diet. Next mini topic. What we is know my that, fad? We know diet? that uh, you mentioned it. I think in the after after show uh, last week when I was talking about Marcus Skinny Arms, you said he and Tiff were on the keto, and uh, and then I think you actually mentioned it on ATP this week. You you have been secretly without a parade, 
been doing a diet of your own. Would you share it with us and tell us how it's going? I told anyone who would listen to me at WWDC here. I'm like, look look at my health chart. Look how much weight I lost. Hmm. I wasn't there. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna go to San Jose to visit people. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's, but you're on a fad diet, and like it sounds like it's working for you. No, it's not a fad diet. No, it's, it's not the a fad. Exact diet. opposite of a you fad think Dan, diet. the stuff Dan does is a fad diet. What you're doing is what science. Uh, no, I'm just eating less and exercising more. That's mm, it. Well, that sounds tricky. That's, yeah, that's that's. Uh, it's not really. Not, not anyway, really catchy. I, I had no idea if that strategy would work, but this is the first time I've ever tried to lose weight in my life. Was like starting this summer because I noticed I'd gotten fat. Er. And so I ate less and I exercised more and I got less fat. And now I'm back to the weight that I expected. How, how long was it difficult? Uh, it's still, I mean, I'm how still long, doing Let me put it, it this way. You're, you're a pasta man. How long was it yes. noticeably difficult that you went, uh, like when you thought of eating something? It's just as difficult now as it has ever been. Kind of like what people tell me that quitting smoking is like in that it never goes away. And I would love to just pig out all the time mm-hmm. still, but I can't eat like that anymore if I want to maintain but it's not that bad. Like, hmm. Do you feel better? No, I feel the same. Like, hmm. if I you told mean they would have the changed way, the way that you're shaped. If I told you my, my quote-unquote fat weight and my target weight, you'd get very angry at me. No, so I'm not no I can tell you that. what it is. You're a vain man. You didn't like your shape. You didn't want to look like a pear, I bet. No, it was just the number on the scale. Number on the scale. It, was, it, it wasn't where it was located. I don't... It's. It, uh, I mean, where it's located, it's still not located in a great place. Like, I am an older gentleman, and yeah. it's, it's like, it's not... What the fat I've got does not go in good places, right? So it's no no fighting that. We don't but, go, we don't go to diet with the fat that we would want. We yeah, go with the, yeah. So the fat I, we got. Re- this diet is entirely like the number on the scale shouldn't be that high. And I had gained a lot of weight. I had gained like you know twenty pounds since in like two years. And I was like, so you're up to like one, like one thirty five. <laughs> that was too much. So I wanted to cut it down. So I chopped off that 20 pounds and now, and it's the, my physique is no more impressive than it ever was, but I'm back to what I consider a more reasonable way. He's telling like that girl in chemistry, he's telling like my friend Kim in chemistry class or bio class, where she'd be like, Oh, I know I failed that test. And of course she got it. I know. I tell why I don't want to talk I know, about it. But, I know. But, but I know. I'm thing, sorry. I, sh- I should have shamed you like that, that bad on me, bad on me. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I, anyway, I'm just here to tell this, you, man. You like, I, I am. I've been real, real seriously thinking about dropping wheat. Like, of all the things that I could drop, like wheat and sugar, basically. <laughs> what? Yeah. What's funny about that? That's like my nightmare, as you mentioned. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's I. That's a big. That's a yeah. big as big ask, as they say. Yeah, like it's even in my most diety dieting time. Mm-hmm. I did not forego any food that I wanted. I just ate less of it or ate less frequently. That but sounds I very sane and sustainable. Cannot, I cannot because I like I I fear if I ever had to give up any kind of food entirely, like if I had some kind of allergic reaction to it or something like that, because I, I don't. I mean, I'm sure I could do it, but it would make me very sad. Yeah, so absolutely. Now, now, like, and I have to, I have to keep my eye on it. So I don't, I'll just gain it back. Like, I know I will. Right. So I have to, I, I used to be weighing myself every single day and just like making that line go down. Mm-hmm. Now I do it like once a week or so just to make sure like, have you just secretly been picking out this whole week and you're up five pounds? And for the most part, I keep it under. I'm sure I'll get a little bit heavier during the winter. Um, just because I don't know. That's probably a thing that will happen. But like a, like a rodent or a marsupial, like you'll, just, you'll have to strap on some weight. Yeah. 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 So, but you don't, you don't, anyway, you don't feel more energy. No. Hmm. no it's when not, I did the Atkins, it, 20, I, I felt... 20 pounds does not make that much of a difference. Well, for, for me, for a variety of health reasons I would prepare, prefer not to go into, uh, Atkins was like a silver bullet for me because a chronic health problem I had went away very quickly. And uh, I just, I felt less bleh 
and by basically like cutting out, especially, you know, uh, most like simple carbs, like dumb carbs. Like I, I did like have more energy after a few weeks. At first I, I love, felt like I was going to die. Carbs. I was like, I cannot eat another boiled <laughs> egg. I'm going to die. But then eventually you get over it. And like, you start thinking of food. It's not the food becomes joyless, but you stop thinking that every meal has to be like a reconciliation with your family. Like, no, it's just, <laughs> it's just fuel for your body that you put in. And then like, you just, you move on. And I don't know, that sounds like very joyless, but it, it doesn't have to be. It's just that you get so hung up on it. I, I was doing some meditating today and thinking like, you know what? I, I don't actually need to go buy KFC and eat it. Like while I was even meditating, I was thinking it's really how I thought I was uh, funny how I thought I was starving 20 minutes ago. And now I feel so much better. I'm surprised though. I would imagine you'd have energy, especially with the exercise. Yeah. That's one of the, I mean, I'm not doing that much more exercise, but like, uh, <laughs> that's one of the things that the dieting taught me is like, I, I did, you know, when, when I wanted to save calories, essentially, uh, I would forego carbs that are not that i don't care about like for example when i was heavy into the diet and it was like during the summer we'd have like hot dogs and hamburgers on the grill i wouldn't have a bun i would just have the hot dog with no bun yeah. and i learned that hot dog without the bun is just perfectly fine with me because a hot dog bun is not like something that i crave you can it's also have a romaine lettuce it's pretty good just a thing to hold the hot dog now go that far no. right um yeah like just in general just cutting out the carbs that i didn't really care much about just because it's an easy way to save calories and you know and the other thing i learned is like i can eat a surprisingly small amount of food and survive like a frighteningly small and not and not be hungry like i know this is gonna make people again make people angry like but i would eat like a bowl of cereal in the morning mm -hmm. uh like no lunch or like three almonds for lunch <laughs> right and then at dinner there would be like a hot dog without a bun two pieces of broccoli and like <laughs> And like one cube of potato. Like Brian Butterfield diet. Exactly. And what was it? Shorter day is treat day. <laughs> Thank um, you. I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, one water. Right. <laughs> and, and you would with. think, God, you've had you've had so little food today. You must be starving to death. And I'd be like, No, I'm fine. Like yeah. I want I want ice cream. I you can got, tell you, you that, get, but you it's not get because a I'm hungry. Bit, you got to get a little bit rewired. I used to hear these, I think it was the, it was the hypothalamus, but like they're the, w whatever determines your satiety versus your gut, they're like real different systems. And you can easily keep stuffing your face well after you've actually had enough food. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm very good at that. And, and the interesting thing is after doing this for a long period of time, now I find that I actually can't eat as much as I used to. If I, I fill my plate with as much food that I used to eat all the time and I start eating it and like mm -hmm. halfway through, I'm like, I can't do, I can't eat anymore. I can't this. do this hot dog bun eating contest anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, so yeah, I've lost, I still, I can still demolish a, a pint of ice cream. Like, oh, <laughs> brother give me yeah. a break uh, that's the thing about the the thing uh, i found my main weakness is things like ice cream because I'm, i love ice cream um, oh me too in that like i will have many days where i don't have any sweets of any kind but then the day i'm going to have ice cream i just destroy it ice cream <laughs> for me is like a, i think i said this before but for me it's like none or all of the ice cream like if i open a pint of like it's getting near bedtime i'm on my last episode of patriot uh i will open up a pint of uh haagen-dazs french vanilla and i will eat the entire thing and then go to bed yeah so that's what i like i have my discipline has been never eat the entire pint oh, for the most wow. part for the most part i have stuck to that when i'm just in my normal mode i used to be able to milk a pint for like weeks because i would I, like i noticed this because my kids started eating the, the expensive ice cream despite me telling them no you don't deserve the expensive ice cream uh, <laughs> it's very expensive um they scoop it out of the container and put it into their bowl. 
And I see how much they scoop out. And you're like, holy cow, you took that thing down, you know, an inch and a half. Yeah. When I eat it, I always eat from the container because as I tell them, I'm the dad and this is my ice cream and I eat yes. it from the container. Yes. Um, well, I, your dad, I, you can do that. Exactly. I eat off like the top centimeter at most. Oh, like I'm a Mark, very, I'm that's very, a very modest portion. I'm very, but, and I feel like that's satisfying. Like I, I eat off a centimeter and I, I put the lid back on, it goes back in the freezer. Next day, I eat it off another centimeter. Next day, I eat it off another centimeter. And that's how I would live. And it's really honestly not that good because a centimeter of super premium ice cream is still a lot. But I, I realized I was eating less ice cream than my kids because the, the exercise of carefully like excavating an even layer, it's part of the, the ritual of me eating it, the, uh, of the thing, or, or mining if you have something with chunks or whatever. That, occupies me it takes a surprising <laughs> amount of time ice cream mining yeah you know you know, yeah, I know, you know exactly miners. like the, my, my wife is a we miner. got a favorite like, around here which is ben and jerry's brownie core and mm-hmm. i do a lot oh, of mining hate, with that i hate the core flavors yeah no my it's, wife, dumb. She's well, like, it's dumb it's not enough brownie i want more brownie for that you can get you know that what's good is the uh, chocolate or what's called chocolate therapy that's a very good one mm, i feel like the the quote-unquote pudding seems mm-hmm. is like a was like a weird addition but you no know, my wife's a minor if she sees me eating ice cream she's like oh can i have a spoonful which is her way of thinking like calories don't count if, if you ask someone else to have a, a, a taste of their food i say sure <laughs> oh, i say sure here you go <laughs> but of course i can't actually say sure here you go because uh-huh. if i if i take a scoop of it and offer it to her uh-huh. here you go take the scoop of ice cream that you, you just asked taste of. yeah exactly it's like no i want uh you know uh, a chunk of chocolate, a chunk of dark, uh, dark chocolate, uh, part of ice. It like, has to have every yeah. ingredient on the box in the one spoonful. And I'm like, well, those aren't uh, visible. She's like, give me that. And then she goes mining. And she goes, digs down, down, and down, and finds the, the chocolate chunk, finds the light chocolate chunk, finds the peanut, wow. gets a little bit of this flavor ice cream. That flavor. And by the time she's done, the, my beautiful surface of ice cream that I had been excavating looks like, you know, a bomb. Oh, now your centimeters it. are thrown off, too. No, it's a mess. I yeah, mean, now, I now get, you're getting into calculus territory. Uh, uh, lucky if she hasn't torn through the cardboard outside of the container. And oh, because she's a digger. She's mining. a miner. Yeah, 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 dug, yeah. She dug too greedily and too deep. She's a terrier. You can do that. You can go straight <laughs> through the knows, side. Who knows what she's awoken. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Fed diet. Sounds like it's working out. You're going to keep doing it. Uh, I'm just maintaining now. I'm just I'm barely, barely maintaining. We probably don't have time to talk about Amazon. Or do uh, we? we have time to quote this very funny tweet from Clifford Vickery which I think sums up my feelings. John, it did not occur to me until I had heard this news for half a day. And I don't know if it's Queens or Long Island, but Long Island City, it sounds like... Queens is on Long Island. Newsflash. Queens is on Long Island. Hard to believe. Huh. How close is... Huh. Um, is that near where, where, where Marco and Tiff live? The, yeah, up, I know it's upstate. called Long Island City, so everyone's confused because they think like there's a city uh, okay, in Long Okay, see, that's Long what Island got me. City. By the way, Tiff loves it when you say she lives upstate. Um, <laughs> so um, my question was, now this sounds like a dumb question. How do you feel about any aspect you want to discuss of Amazon having one of their HQs coming to uh, the New York metro area? Yeah, so this tweet from Clifford Vickery is... Amazon headquarters should be one of the disasters you can pick in the next SimCity. So if anyone hasn't played SimCity, it's a, it's an older game where you get to uh, sort of lay out and design a city and, uh, you know, sort of above from that view and you put in highways and apartment buildings and parks and subways and, and like you want your citizens to be happy and to be able to get to work and be able to shop and you want to be able to supply them with fresh water and you want the fire trucks to be able to get to fires that go out. Um, and in the SimCity game to make it more challenging, they have like random disasters that happen like, oh, uh, you know, a water main breaks and there's a huge flood or a fire breaks out and in a high rise. And right? so you got to make sure you've like 
made it so the fire department can get there or like, you know, the roads lead to the right place or people right, can evacuate. Right, right. And they had funny disasters too, like Godzilla comes through town and like messes every city, makes the game harder, right? So Amazon headquarters would be a disaster as then you, you made a beautiful city, but oh no, an Amazon headquarters has come and your tax base has shrunk and they're taking all your money and now you can't afford to fund the fire department and your whole city burns down. Uh, I think the whole deal with tax incentives to get Amazon there is ridiculous. Uh, I think it is not a, a net benefit, and I think only the people involved in the deal uh, benefit from it in shady ways right. that we don't want to hear about, and I think it's bad. Two, it's two, two areas where there's already a lot of people doing okay. It's, it's not like they're going somewhere that's actually going to be helping out. They're actually just going to be adding a lot of load. And, I mean, it's, from what people say, they're just going to be going in and stressing out systems that are already pretty stretched pretty thin. Yeah, and, and getting huge tax incentives to, like, to come and, like, but, you know, where where does that money come from? Like, oh, there's money that would have normally, like, they're, oh, we'll make up for because we'll employ all these people. Like, if you do the math, it doesn't. I don't think it's, it's how it works. Fo- it's not as bad as the Foxconn deal in, like, Wisconsin or wherever the hell that was. But, yeah, yeah. But it's still, it's like, New York City shouldn't be giving anyone tax incentives to open a business there. You want to open a business in New York City? Go ahead. If you don't, don't. Like, you get online and, like everybody else. Yeah. And like, you know, are, are there like tax incentives of the same size for people to open small businesses? No, just the big businesses from the richest companies. Right. Why do the big businesses get the tax? We all know why. We all know the answers. It's just like lobby. It is unsatisfying. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's corruption. It is uh, power and influence. It is everything bad about politics. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the whole public company well we have to try to get the best deal and blah all this stuff if, if you ask the people in new york city hey do you want us to give billions of dollars in tax breaks so that amazon can come and make traffic worse right. and give a bunch of people low-paying jobs well, and drive, exploit drive them a lot of already tough housing yeah. so you're against I, it i i i mean if the amazon wants to make a headquarters there sure go ahead I, yeah. i'm against the tax incentives Right. Because if they have to do it like the normal way, then they have to make it work out in terms of how much it costs and everything like that. Will it have an impact on areas that you particularly love, do you think? Oh, no, because I'm I'm a, I'm a, you know, I grew up in the middle of the island and I enjoy the east end of the island. Does Nassau Queens, County is Queens north of, of where you I'm so confused. Go Queens? look at a map. Long Island. Right. It's a big fish. Queens is at the head. Oh, ish. Oh, OK. That's where Archie Bunker's from. Yeah. OK. Long Island. Yeah, we very rarely ventured into Nass- Nassau County when I was a kid, and certainly not that Where's far Where's Alec Baldwin Nassau from? County. What's that? Where's he live? Massapequa. Is that, is, that, is that in New York? That's on Long Island. So Long Island's on Long Island, and Queens is on Long Island. Long Island City. What about, hmm, what about Brooklyn? Is Brooklyn on Long Island? Sure is. Brooklyn's on Long Island. Queens is on Long Island. Long Island's on Long Island. Long Island is the whole thing. Manhattan's not on Long Island. Manhattan's its own island. It's not Manhattan Long Island. Manhattan is its own island. Not its, its got own. It. Okay. And guess what? what? The Bronx isn't on Long Island either. The Bronx is not. Is that on the other side of the water? No, it's uh, north and east of Manhattan. Staten Island isn't that, also, isn't that where Tiff lives? Not on Long Island. No, Tiff lives further north. She's in upstate, right? <laughs> she does not live in the Bronx, no. <laughs> she lives upstate. <laughs> That's where Seth Godin lives. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, I'm going to learn up. I'm, I'm going to go to the portal here for information about Long Island. It's a densely populated island off just the go, east coast. Just go to Google Earth or go to okay. Google okay. Maps and just look at Long Island. Turn on satellite view. It's not that big. You can okay. see my house from here. It's a big fish. It's got two little tails. Okay. It's got a head. I see what you're saying. So New Jersey's not on Long Island. No, it's a stinky place. You but they're can across go to the water. Long Island. Yeah. Okay. A lot of refineries there. 
When you say tri-state area, what three states are we talking about? New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Okay. I thought it was New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is definitely Pennsylvania. not. Pennsylvania. It's not on Long Island, right? <laughs> Philadelphia on. is not part of the tri-state area? No. I, I don't know if New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut are the original tri-state area. Certainly, they're the tri-state area that I know. Like, it's, uh-huh. a, it's a gag now eh, in the tri-state a little fancy. area. Right? Connect, but, pulling in Connecticut seems a little bit fancy. Well, That's where all the know, insurance companies are? Yeah, and, okay. and the rich people. Rich insurance and rich the, the, people. The, some of the rich people. Okay. Baltimore is the one that's near Washington, D.C. Hey, you, know, you know what you can do? You got, you got Long Island up on a map now? I do. Well, I've got a kind of map. Can you zoom in? Uh, you're looking at the head of the fish. You're looking at Bro- Brooklyn and Queens, oh, right? Uh, yes, uh, I think so. Let me go to maps. Um, zoom in on that fish head. I don't want Apple Maps. I'm all in on Safari now, by the way. Yeah, I saw. Maps.google.com. And Long Island is the name of the island. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's long. Looks like a fish. Bends toward its justice. Okay. <laughs> I think you're thinking of Ark of History Island. Yeah. All right, you got it. <laughs> okay, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, the Ark okay. of History is Long Island, and it bends toward its justice. That's the saying, right? Um, <laughs> That's what they say. It was Gandhi or Mike, Mark Twain. Yeah. Okay, Brooklyn, I see, Queen. see Brooklyn, Melville, Hicksville, Mineola, Hempstead. Right, right. So, like, uh, right north of Mineola, you see these two blobs poking up there? Like a little blob and a big blob? Yeah. Oh, that's, you know the, those, that's two of the fingers of the fish. No, you know what those are? Manhasset. Is that your beach you love? No, that's East Egg and West Egg. Oh, like from the novel? Yeah. Okay. Wait a minute. Okay, so it almost looks like two puppets talking to each other. One of them is Lyndon yep. Johnson. Right. Okay. That is, the, yes. that is the inspiration for East Egg and West Egg. But no, okay, I thought East Egg and West Egg were in New Jersey. Well, no. So the, the Great Gatsby is, is, the Great Gatsby is, in, is in, on set, Long set on Island? a slightly fictionalized version of Long Island. That was okay. a place called East Egg and West Egg. It's because this was the, where the, all the rich people's mansions were before. Got it. Before okay. uh, the people came, and that became like Nassau County. And there's still plenty of rich people's mansions there. But. Amityville Horror is in Queens. Is that right? No, no, no. It's it's in. Uh, I know this. I know this. Amityville Horror is in. I know this because I went there. I, I got on the wrong. I went a train going the wrong way at the airport in Queens, and I ended up by the Amityville. Is it Amityville? I I don't know that much about Amityville Horror House. I assume it's in Amityville, which is on Long Island. Amityville is probably what I'm thinking of. That's on Long Island. It's right near Massapequa. Near Massapequa. Okay. All right. And there's Queens. You got Jamaica. I didn't know Jamaica was on Long Island. You got Brooklyn. I've heard of Brooklyn. There's Bushwick from Bushwick Bill. Mm-hmm. Hempstead. Why do I know um, Manhasset? That sounds like a beach. Uh, Le- oh, there's Levittown. Levittown's where they built the houses. That's where both of my sets of grandparents yes. uh, settled and grew up after World War II. We got houses in Levittown built on potato fields. I found so Amityville. America's, America's uh, prototypical suburb. Amityville is White people on, only, please. White people only. Also probably no Jews. No, well. Ironic see. for now, Long Island. Okay, now here, then it says Long Island. I see Hopage. I see Ronka Nakoma. Do you see what? Hopage. <laughs> that is Smithtown, the high school that, that, is, that is where I grew up huh? I went to the high school in that town you, I you went to the Hop middle Page. school Hop I went is, to the elementary Hop school Hop is on Long Island and the name of that town is not Hop Page okay Hop Hog o- 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 Hop Hog Hop Hog Hop High School oh, I went Mojave. to you may know Hop Hog from huh? the video card for Windows Hop Hog Win TV card okay the Hop Hog Industrial Park was behind one of the houses that I grew up in I used to go over my back fence huh. and raid their dumpsters to find speakers huh. and oh, other things and circuit boards that were in their that dumpsters that you could salvage that's Lake right. the Ronkakoma Ron- that's on Long Island Lake Ronkakoma yeah right. I went to that lake as a kid this is like being, uh, this is of- like being in Rhode Island because everything I say is wrong 
Yes, there was lots of glass in the mud. You had to be careful. Glass in the mud. Okay. Flanders on Flanders Fields. They got Riverhead, Calverton. Oh, mm-hmm. then it keeps R- going. Look at that. You got Shelter Island. Shelter Island. Yeah. Is that a movie? Uh, maybe. Sag Harbor. Uh, I've heard of Sag Harbor. Yeah, I've been to all these places. Riverhead is where my mom used to have to go when she had to go out east to do stuff for work. She'd go to Riverhead. Uh, Plum Island is not on Long Island. Plum Island is an animal disease research center. Attempt no landing there. <laughs> on, on Plum Island, on Plum Island <laughs> is a building made in concentric circles with negative pressure with an uh, incinerator in the center, center, so all air is sucked into the outside, and the negative pressure causes any air that comes into the this building to be sucked. sounds like something from a Wes Anderson movie. To be tucked, sucked into the middle and go out through the incinerator. Oh. Plum Island Animal Disease Research Center is a real thing. I see it. I'm looking at it right now. Now, what about Fresh Kills? Is that New Jersey? Don't know. Fresh Kills. Is Fresh Kills on Long Island? Doesn't ring a bell. Let's see. Is that, what is it, like a 7-Eleven? Fort Terry, which is shaped like a rook. There's okay. tons of super interesting stuff on Long Island. When I when I go to Long Island for the summer, I'm in James Port. You can see, you can okay, see okay, where that is. Go back, on, on, the nor- on the North Fork, kind of like near the, near near the middle of the fork. Okay. Lavender by the Fish Bay. Tail. Okay. Okay. Oh, down by the tail. Which one's the tail? The tail is the east side. It's the two forks, the two sticky uh-huh. things. Looks like a machine The bottom gun. one is longer and ends in Montauk. The, the top one is shorter and ends in Orient. Uh, Orient? I, wait, I saw Orient a second ago. And a little V, if you zoom in okay. on the little V, that's James Port. Okay. All right. I think I'm getting it. Peconic River. Peconic. More coastline than the state of California. Did you know that? Really? It's like the coastline of Scotland problem. Yep, exactly. Long Island has more coastline than the state of Florida. Mashamac Preserve near Shelter. It's on Shelter Island. Shelter Island, is that considered Long Island even though it's its own island? I mean, it, I would consider it part of the See? Long Island area, but it obviously what it's about its own Sag island Sag Harbor? Sag Harbor is a very nice place. Lots of rich people there. Lots of okay. cute little shops. Okay. Newport is in Rhode Island. That's not, Rhode Island is not mm-hmm. on Long Island. Alive with pleasure, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 My, my lady's from um, Providence, which is not uh, in Long Island. Is she alive with pleasure? Well, I do what I can. Mm-hmm. 